Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today we are joined by guest Chris Roche of Craft at Say Cheese, which is a growler fill and bottle shop up in Port Jeff, New York. Say hi, Chris. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for coming down. Um, so... You do beer and cheese pairings, and that's like a awesome combination. I mean, we have um, a couple of beers here that we collected, and you brought a couple things of cheese. But before we dig into all the deliciousness, can you tell us a little bit about the shop and what you kind of do? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you mentioned, we are craft uh, at Say Cheese. Uh, we're basically a growler bar and bottle shop. So, uh, we opened up about six months ago, towards the end of September of last year. Uh, what we have is about 150 different unique bottles and cans from local to all the way around the world. Uh, we also feature a 12-line draft and growler bar in the shop. So Wow, that's nice. Yeah, we've got a lot of different options for uh, for every craft beer lover out there. Awesome. So um, was this, did you guys go, what was the, how did this idea come about? Like what, where, give us a story behind this. Where did this form out of? Uh, well, it's uh, kind of a long story. I, you know, well, I'll, the Cliff Notes version works, clip, but yeah, if you want to go, if you want to go the long version too, that's fine too. <laughs> no, I'll spare your listeners. But uh, long story short, um, I was uh, working at a corporate job for a really long time. Um, kind of cliche, but I hated it. Hated the cubicle. Um, Cubes suck. I don't blame. Yeah, uh, it's terrible. Terrible place to be. So uh, I was working part time at Say Cheese, our parent restaurant. Okay. Um, about 18 months ago, I talked to the owner, Joe Chardulo, about taking me on full-time. Uh, he took me on full-time, gave me uh, the reins to the beer program over there. So uh, really just, um, we started a beer club over there, really improved uh, you know, all the different beers that we had uh, at Say Cheese. And at the same time, we knew we had a vacant space behind the restaurant. So um, just with all the buzz that was happening with the beer program we were running at Say Cheese, uh, we decided to... Uh, take over the vacant space behind the restaurant, uh, put a hole in the wall, and then just put a whole ton of beer back there and uh, kind of went from there. So both of us were Port Jeff residents and still are, and we knew that there was definitely a need for, for more craft beer down in town, and that's kind of kind of how it went. So That's, that's awesome. That's a great... Um, yeah, anytime we, we get more craft beer getting out to the world, I think all of us are really happy about that. Yeah, I think that uh, more is better. Absolutely. Um, so do you have any... Um, you said you did like uh, corporate work. Did you have any kind of background in food or beverage at all, or was it just kind of like, hey, I've been a fan all this time? Uh, I had a little bit of background. I've, I've worked in and out of restaurants just when I was younger for the most okay. part. I've always done uh, cooking at home. It was something I, I had a big passion for, so uh, that was kind of how I got involved, but for the most part, uh, I started working at Say Cheese because I needed to pay for my wedding. I needed some extra cash, and uh, you know... What I was making wasn't cutting it, so I ended up picking up some part-time hours there and uh, just fell in love with it. And from there, just taking over the beer program uh, just made me fall in love with craft beer, too, just like I'm sure you guys have a have a story of how you fell in love with it, too. So Just drinking it. That's it. Yeah. Just drink it. Just that, drink I, think, it. <laughs> I think that kind of sums it all up. We just like drinking yeah. it. Drinking we, it, reading we, about it, talking about it. That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, it all goes hand in hand. So, yeah. so um, what if you... That was your first introduction to craft beer. Was uh, was there, or I mean, obviously, probably not the first, but is that when you really got involved and started really learning about it, or were you a big fan before? Uh, I was a huge fan before. Uh, that was really just where I uh, dove into it even deeper and kind of learned more about it. 
uh, especially from a retail standpoint. But I, I grew up in Patchogue. Uh, I started going to Blue Point Brewery. Uh, I won't say before I was 21, but you know, somewhere uh, somewhere around there, I started going there. A really as soon as you were able ago. to get in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, I started going out to Blue Point. So they were uh, a big a big reason I, I fell in love with craft beer. I still remember going and getting the black and blue at, at their bar and toasted okay. lager and stuff like that. So. Uh, that was a long time ago, but they really kind of introduced me to craft beer, so it's something I've enjoyed for a really long time. A good place to start. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so is there a particular craft beer that just like, what's your go-to beer? Like when you sit there and you say, hey man, I just want to have something, what's that one? Or a style, if you don't have a particular one, like what's that style? That so I, I'm definitely an IPA guy. I okay. enjoy a really good IPA. Uh, I think a lot of it depends on my mood, though. It depends on the setting, you know, the time of year. Uh, this time, spring, I really do love uh, different styles, too, saisons this time of year. Yeah. Um, coming out of the colder months, I do love a nice stout porter. Uh, but year-round, I, I would pretty much choose an IPA, provided that it's a good one. So. Cool. Do you have a go-to IPA? Because we, we uh, as we were talking beforehand, we don't yeah. necessarily like IPAs, but we, we're constantly trying to find ones that, uh, that will, you know, at least pass let's say so what, what would you what ipa would you recommend if you were gonna you know a novice ipa drinker so for me i would anything from sand city right now i love what they're doing out there uh yeah they're making some good stuff they're making some fantastic ipas um just really drinkable delicious and they also have a, just a gorgeous brewery down in the in the town of northport so yeah it's nice has it there. On there yeah it's it's really great so uh, anything from Sand City. I also love Barrier. Uh, things. Like I was right. just there on Wednesday, last Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, we did a dinner with them recently about a month ago, uh, a cheese and beer pairing dinner. So similar to what we're going to do for you guys here, uh, we had some some guests come in and we paired five different beers with ten different cheeses, actually, uh, with just specific Barrier beers. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, right now we have them on tap at at Craft. We also have Sand City Mosaic on tap. So. I would say those two guys are really brewing some of the some of the best beers for for me right now when it comes to IPAs. No, oh, that's excellent. Um, we're going to get into the the actual pairing, but are there any like just general pairing rules? Um, you know, when it comes to the cheese, like if you're going to go and uh, you know, even if it's not to a, a really nice shop, maybe you, you know you can only go over to, to Stop and Shop sure, to yeah. their little cheese selection. What yeah. what do you style wise? You know, cheese style and beer style. What are we what are we looking for? I think the biggest thing for me is matching intensity. I think you're going to see that, especially when we try a blue with the, it really needs to be paired with a big beer. So um, I think that's that's going to be the biggest thing for me is trying to match intensities. You don't want a cheese that's too intense to overpower a really mild beer and vice versa. So that's, uh, that's going to kind of throw off your pairing a little bit. That's interesting. I actually, just from, I would think the opposite. Like mm -hmm. just if someone, if I were to have answer that question with no knowledge whatsoever, which I, as these guys can tell you, I do that all the time. Sure. It's <laughs> yeah. a great way to go about life. It's okay. I'm good with that too. I would I would have answered the opposite. So that's that's pretty good advice. Yeah, you want a nice balance when you're pairing. Uh, you don't want you don't want one to overpower the other. You want it to kind of come together and uh, and work in harmony. I guess you would say so. Yeah, my initial thought was kind of like if it's a you know if it's a if it's a heavy flavor, I would want something you know like a sharper a sharper beer to kind of cut through it. Like I would yeah. think more contrast flavors. But if you're hey you're the pro at this one, if you're telling me they come. You know, complimentary ones is the way to go, then I'm all for that. Is there any um, correlation to country, like a, uh, the cheese that a country comes from um, versus, say, a style from a country? Uh, yeah, there definitely is. A, one of the cheeses that you're going to try today, uh, you can actually see this beautiful, I don't know if anyone else could see it, obviously, but there's a beautiful orange cheese sitting here that's uh, it's going to be a Mimolette style, which is a traditional French 
style cheese, but it's actually made here in New York. So uh, while there are, you know, cheeses that are going to correlate to different countries, um, you know, you'll start to see more Americanized versions of it as well. Uh, I have to admit, I am definitely not the cheese expert. That's going to be the owner of Say Cheese, Joe Chardulo. He, uh, he knows every cheese in and out. Uh, so I'll definitely do my best to answer what I can about the cheeses today, but uh, anyone who really wants to get some cheese knowledge, they got to come down to the shop and speak to Joe, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we answer all their questions for him. So no problem. We we uh, we love cheese, but we love beer more. So that'll, right, be, that'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> you and you said Joe uh, Joe's the partner, the guy that runs uh, the cheese side of the business. Yep. So do you guys collaborate when you're looking about what kind of beers you want to bring in, and say, and is there a thought process like say? hey, I want this to go well with something that we have in the shop or any kind of connection like that? Or is it just kind of, you know, I'm bringing in these great beers, beers that I really love, and he's got to have it already, and he'll find something that goes well with it. So really, for the most part, just to clarify, so Joe uh, Chardulo is the owner of Say Cheese. That's the restaurant. That's where okay. you can come in. You can get your cheese and beer uh, right. tastings. We'll do it at the restaurant. Okay. The beer that we feature in there is actually completely different. So we have okay. uh, we do have eight draft lines available at the restaurant as well as about, give or take, 40 to 50 bottles and cans in there. So well, we'll generally okay. do uh, cheese and beer pairings off the draft lines that we have at that makes uh, sense. Say Cheese. And then Joe and I partner to, to open craft in the back. So we don't do much food back there. We can do it, but we really try and shy away from it. Just gets a little difficult for our kitchen. So No, gotcha. understandable. Yeah. Kitchens are finite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get on with this, man. Let's get, let's get right. going with this. What, uh, what are we here. starting off with? All right, so I guess the, the best way to start is going to be to start with the Pilsner. It's probably the lightest in intensity out of the three. So uh, have you guys had anything from Threes yet in Brooklyn? No, nope. we have not. Okay, so Threes. Uh, Valet? Uh, Vliet is Vliet. how I've been told. Uh, I think I was calling it Vliet for a while, and I believe that is incorrect. So Vliet is what we're going with. So this is uh, just a really amazing brewery. You guys are probably going to start to see more and more uh, coming out from them. So just uh, located in Brooklyn. Uh, this one is probably my favorite example of a Pilsner right now. You're going to get some great classic kind of Pilsner characteristics from the malt and the yeast, uh, but you're also going to get some of the flavors that I love that comes with IPAs. You get some of that citrusy, hoppy quality to it. So, uh, so what I would pair that with and again, everyone's palate's a little bit different, so uh, it's kind of hard to give it a blanket pairing. But what we think would pair well with this is going to be this, uh, again, beautiful orange cheese here. So this is going to be um, a cheese known as, um, uh, it's made by Five Spoke Creamery. It's called Harvest Moon. So as I mentioned before, uh, classic French cheese is known as Mimolette. This is going to be an Americanized version of it. Uh, it's got a great texture to it. Uh, and there's also some sudy, uh, subtle fruity qualities to it. So mm -hmm. what you're hoping is that some of those citrusy notes in the uh, Pilsner are going to help to bring out the fruity, the fruitiness in that cheese that's kind of underlying. So best way to do it, try a little bit of the beer, try a little bit of the cheese, and then try them together. See if it, uh, see if it you know, enhances any of the flavors a little bit more. So It has a great uh, sort of toothsomeness to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's got like a, almost a supple quality to it. Um, and it's, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful cheeses too. It's just got a great bright orange color to it. Yeah. It, it almost looks like, it's it. almost carrot sticks kind of yeah, color. Like it absolutely. really is a bright orange there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a nice little bit of chew to it and it's a, it's a very, it's a mild, it's a really mild flavor. There's yep. not a lot of bite to it. And um, I mean, and because I'm not experienced with cheeses and flavors like that, I'd say it's like a real, it's, you know, it's a really mild, almost cheddar kind of flavor. Like yeah. just for, you know, 
to get it out to a, a thing that most people can understand. Like that's what I would connect it to. I'd say, oh, this is a really mild cheddar, but there is that little bit of, uh, you know, like a little pepperiness in the back of it. That's nice. That. How do you guys think it pairs with the beer? I think it pairs really, really nice. well with the beer. Yeah, the, the citrus qualities from the from the hop um, really get uh, accentuate the the qualities that Kevin was just talking about. It um. It, it becomes the cheese becomes more creamy for me while I'm while I'm t- uh, tasting the beer, and also just the beer by itself is. I mean, we, we always talk about how I like weird beers, so yep. like the one we get to a little bit later, the next two are going to be more up what I would consider my alley. But okay, this one is um, a really great pilsner. It has more flavor than most any other pilsner that I've ever had, which is a what I'm looking for in a beer. And I think for me, Pilsner's making such a strong comeback. I feel like yeah, it uh, definitely has been the IPA market. While it's uh, it's amazing right now, it, it, I feel like it may become a little oversaturated if it hasn't been already. <laughs> so uh, Pilsner's, we're starting to see more and more craft Pilsner's come out now, and I think it's it's such a beautiful style. So yeah, cheese is yours, guys. Dig in. So yeah, yeah I'm definitely going back for a second piece. Good. That's always a good sign. If you go back for seconds, <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it. This is a. It is a really good example of a pilsner, yeah. And I'm really happy with that too. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Usually, this is one that I will pass by or just have a sip of and be like, "Okay, yeah, that's another pilsner moving mm-hmm. by." But it's um, it is a really good example of it. And that's one of the things we do at Craft, and one of the reasons that we opened it up. We didn't just want to provide beer to uh, to Port Jefferson. We wanted to provide education to people that don't know craft beer. So you can walk into our shop. Um, one of the things we wanted to do was keep it organized. So uh, rather than if, let's say, you just walk into a regular beverage center, everything's kind of all over the place, you're not really sure. It can be intimidating for someone who doesn't drink craft beer. So what we decided to do with our place was um, segregated by flavor profile. So if somebody comes in and they're like, well, I, I don't really drink it or I like really light beer, we can direct them to, let's say, our, our crisp and bright section. And then we can kind of say, hey, maybe you should try a Pilsner. Um, you know, it's a style that people are probably more familiar with uh, than they realize just from drinking some of the standard stuff. Right. But now we can show them a craft option and hopefully they like it a little bit better. That's what we like, gateway beers. Yes. That's yeah, that's, what, that's what we that. usually refer to them as. And, <laughs> you know, the ones that you can suck the people in with. Exactly, yeah. So this uh, this is a good gateway beer, but also uh, it's going to be one of my favorite ones to drink this summer. So that's, that's also a bit of a unique way of organizing the selection in the store. I'm not yeah. really aware of any other place on Long Island that's set up in that manner. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was a big thing for us. As I know craft beer inside and out, I did before we opened this up, and I would walk into some distributors and I wouldn't know where to start. And it's uh, it was something that we wanted to do uh, when we opened this up, was keep it a little more organized, and while keep it kind of having like that boutique feel, really having just some of the most premium stuff out there, we wanted to make it approachable for anyone that doesn't uh, drink craft beer. So it was a good way for us to kind of keep it organized for everybody, so... I'm sure it's also nice for people that are like, you know, trying, looking for new things. Yeah. And, the, you know, the way it's organized, if it's like, hey, I've had that beer before, you know, let me try this one next to it because Absolutely. it's going to be in, in that same sort of ballpark, but it's still something new. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you guys recognize that too. It was, uh, it's been, it's been a really good feature, I think, for anyone that comes in too. They kind of, uh, you know, find it more easy to take in and find something that they like. So um, I think the other beautiful thing is that we do, uh, drafts. So not you can come in and you can get a 32 or a 64 ounce growler filled, uh, but you can also get a draft beer too. So if you wanted to have a beer while you're browsing around, uh, we have some great stuff on draft too. So that uh, separates us. I know you mentioned anybody else on Long Island that's doing that. I don't, 
I don't know, yeah, I don't know if anybody else so, doing that. So it's a little bit different. I'm consistently amazed that more places haven't hopped onto the idea of getting people drinking while shopping. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, okay, I'm going to have a couple beers in, and next thing you know, I'm getting a few more ones that I wasn't planning on buying. Like, yeah. You, you know, it always you always make great life decisions when you have more alcohol in you. Well, yeah, that was I, one of the interesting <laughs> things when I was in Philadelphia at Reading Terminal Market. The, um, one of the local sports bars opened up like a, a little annex there. Yeah. And I'm not even exaggerating. We were there at 7 in the morning before we were leaving. And I could get a pint of beer and walk around the market. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was it just, just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, especially if you don't like shopping to begin with, drinking while shopping is the way to go, for sure. It makes it more bearable, at least. <laughs> yes. All right, so you guys want to go on to the next cheese here? Let's do it. All right, so next one, uh, the beer is going to be the Westbrook Goza. So uh, we were talking before about a, a traditional example of a Goza. That's pretty much what this is. So you're going to get a low ABV German wheat sour style beer. Uh, this one, you're going to get some hints of coriander, sea salt. Uh, it's got a great tang to it, not overly sour. Uh, so that one, we're going to be pairing uh, with a cheese known as Dorset. So that's going to be made from a creamery in Vermont known as considered, uh, considered Barnwell. So uh, this is considered a wash rind cheese. So for anyone not familiar with a wash rind cheese. No idea. Yeah, so really, if you actually look at the cheese, and maybe there'll be a picture posted, uh, it has a rind on the outside of it, and wash rinders, they literally washed the cheese cheese with some kind of brine in order to uh, promote growth and flavor in the cheese. So okay. uh, when you try this, you're going to get really two distinct textures and flavors. The rind on the outside is 100% edible. Uh, you're going to get some texture to it and almost like a little bit of a bitter quality to it. That's the part that's been washed. But on the inside, it's left super creamy, really rich. Um, when you pair it with the Goza, we're hoping that the... Tartness from the beer uh, and the acid is going to help to bring out some of the creamy qualities in the cheese, okay. uh, but at the same time help to cut through some of that bitterness from the rind. So, okay. This can definitely be a little bit of a funky cheese, uh, especially as it ages over time, but uh, the interior is just super fantastic, and Vermont is uh, is known for their cheeses for sure. Yeah, it definitely has a funk aroma on it. <laughs> yeah, if you're not yeah. used to funky cheeses, this is not a novice cheese, uh, but this is also going to be a good example of how when you pair a cheese with beer, it can really change the flavor and help to uh, either increase the flavors or even mellow it, uh, mellow it out a little bit. Yeah, the, I see what you mean by the texture. The, mm-hmm. um, without the rind, it would be really, really soft. Correct. With the addition of the rind, it kind of gives you something for your teeth to hit yep. and really distributes the cheese around the mouth. Um, and with the Goza, it's beautiful. I love this Goza. This is one of my favorite uh, Gozas that I recently found. And it's, uh, the salty finish of this pair is beautiful with the cheese. Yeah, Ooh, it does work very nice. Good. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with what the guys are saying already. Um, you know, my first bite, I got a little bit of the rind in there and had that little bit of bite to it. And then my tongue got the creamy part of the center mm-hmm. of it and kind of smoothed everything out. And it was a nice finish to it. But then you kind of, I could see how if you're just eating the center, it would get a little thick and almost cloying in the flavor. Yeah. But then the goza comes in and cuts right through really nicely yeah the super tang that you get from the goza just really helps to to cut through the uh the creaminess of the cheese so and what was this cheese again because it's it's called dorset dorset Uh, yeah d-o-r-s-e-t-t uh consider barnwell from the uh creamery in vermont so okay it's spectacular good really glad you guys like it um you know just to describe it for we'll have a picture up definitely but it's got a um you know a kind of yellowy cream color uh center and a slightly orange rind on the outside, but the rind is not very thick at all. I've seen some other ones where the rind gets a little bit of a yeah some de- density to it. Like it's, there's a clear shell, and they can there. certainly be intimidating. This one is is uh, 
not intimidating, and I think that the texture that comes with the rind just adds a great depthness or depth mm -hmm. quality to the cheese. It adds a saltiness to the cheese, Definitely, too, yeah. which uh, yeah. it, it, the center, um, it, the whole thing just complements. It's it's really uh, not something that I would have ordered. I'm uh, a very uh, plain guy, but I mean, it's going to make me a little more adventurous in terms of uh, trying out different cheeses. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it, too. And uh, I know for some of these beers you guys haven't had before, but I think the beauty of... Uh, pairing cheese with beers, you can have a beer that you've had a hundred times uh, and it always tastes the same, but as soon as you pair it with something like cheese, uh, it can really just change the flavor profile of something that you've that you've had inside and out. So Yeah. That last bite I had had a little bit more of the rind in there and I'm kinda yeah. it's kinda stuck in my teeth, so I'm going back for a little <laughs> bit more of the uh, of the goza to kind of flush it out. Yeah. But um I mean the the Dorset definitely was a great um Great new experience for me. I like that one. Good. Um, and what's the last one I got, got here? I see it's got some uh, it's got some blueness in there. It's got some yeah, some so color in there. Do we have anybody that is anti blue cheese? I know there's generally no. no. Okay. No, we couldn't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't you like it. Board? I didn't. Um, you know, I never liked blue cheese and gorgonzola until I was working in a kitchen and had to cut open these giant, you know, ten pound wheel, you know, the five pound wheels of gorgonzola, yeah. and that's when, after a while, you just go, "Hey, I'm just gonna try it anyway, no matter what." And well, that much of it is kind of overwhelming. It's still, I've learned to like it a little bit more. Well, this is definitely the definition of an intense cheese when it comes to blue. So this is a cheese known as Cabralis. It's a a mixture of three different milks. So you're gonna get a blend of cow, goat, and sheep's milk in this one. Uh, definitely has a salty quality to it. Uh, at the same time, you get that sweetness, that residual sweetness that you'll get from blue cheese. Also, it can be super dry. So uh, this cheese, and kind of to go back to what I was saying initially, when you are pairing cheese, you want to match intensities. You need a super big beer to pair with a cheese this intense. So uh, that's exactly what Even More Jesus is. Uh, named appropriately, this is a huge Even More Jesus kind of beer. It's 12% <laughs> ABV, uh, super really kind of rich, thick, uh, almost has like a syrup-like quality to it. Um, you're going to get some chocolatey coffee notes that you'll get from a lot of uh, Russian Imperial Stouts. So that's what this one is. When you pair this with the Cabralis, um, you know, you're hoping that some of the uh, acid from the cheese is going to help to mellow out the 12% ABV. Uh, and at the same time, a beer with some chocolate notes you're hoping is going to bring out some of the sweetness in the blue cheese. So... I'm just looking at the can of the uh, Even More Jesus. It's from Evil Twin Brewing. And they talk about how uh, this lightly praised beer rises, be rises beyond mortal stardom into a higher godly league. So they're not setting the bar low for themselves. <laughs> and uh, speaking of godly, this cheese smells unbelievable. It is uh, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, blue cheese smell. If, we, yeah. if the last one was funk, this is like funkerific. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a really nice scent to it. And it does have an intensely blue cheese flavor. Yeah, you know? and it's a light, whitish kind of color. It's got a lot of marbling of the blue in there. Much different texture than you'd find from a traditional blue, too. It's uh, definitely got a dryness. Yeah, it's a, a lot drier. To it. Yep. Yeah, it kind of crumbles a little bit, but there's, that's, really, that's really good. We definitely wanted to bring some intense stuff. We know you guys uh, try a lot of beers, and I'm sure you've had a lot of uh, great food and over your days, so we figured uh, why not bring something that... You know, maybe you've had that before, so I appreciate it. And now, just taking a whiff of the, oh, the beer, I can smell the. It's got an alcohol. It's definitely got a lot of the, the alcohol smell to it. It's going to be thick. And that's what you're hoping the cheese does is kind of take down some of that that bite from the higher ABV. 
It definitely helps uh, clean off the palate. Good. Oh, we're all we're all sitting here chewing on it. It's so good. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> chewing is fantastic radio. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, it, um, the yeah, the the thickness of the beer is required yes, for the for the strength yeah. of the cheese, and it, it it's gonna make me both of them together, or allow me to eat more of the cheese and drink more of the beer. They just sort of wash each other. Yep, that's kind of the idea when you're uh, when you're having cheese and you're you're drinking. You just want to keep on doing more of it. So I guess that goes back to your point earlier that you want to try and match the intensity, so that you know if if the beer wasn't as strong as it is to hold up to the strength of this cheese, the flavor of the cheese would just continue to build up on your palate to the point right. where you'd be like, all right, I've had enough. But, uh, you know, matching it with a sh nice strong beer like this, you know, the beer cuts through the cheese and, you know, just refreshes you. So like you said, Justin, you can continue eating and drinking more of each. And being able to eat more and drink more are two things that I can definitely get behind. I, yeah, I am a big fan of that too. And I will say this one is, it's interesting because this one is kind of more of the, the non-intuitive thought process that you told us about earlier of matching the two. I think what I was expecting was kind of the middle one with the Dorset and the Goza, kind of that creamy and then this and then the sharp. And this one is more of, as you described as you mentioned, the pairing of the two big flavors. And it's a little overwhelming for my palate in just that they're both big flavors and just to replace one with another. I'm happy because I can go back and enjoy both of them. But I'm a little bit like, okay, I gotta breathe for a second. I gotta pace myself. <laughs> Come up the I want it. I want to do this more. And I think just because the other one was, it was, it was like white clean. Yeah. And this one is not. And this one isn't white clean. This is just change flavors back yeah. and forth, but not cleaning. In my, I, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. I can see what you're getting at with that. Yeah, the, and it's probably because that, uh, you know, the goza is is so acidic. Right. That it, you know, you get that nice sort of clean, refreshing bite to it. Right. That isn't quite there so much with this Russian Imperial Stout. No. It's, yeah, and I think that's what I'm trying to, to get to. But it doesn't mean, and I'm not trying to make it sound like it's unpleasant at all. It's just a different textural experience than the other pairs were. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right about the fact that the acid is what cleans the palate. Uh, when it comes to a cheese like Cabrales, uh, you're probably not going to be able to clean your palate off because it's so intense. So you right. you, you just want to pair it with something that's going to hopefully uh, mellow it out a little bit, make it a little more enjoyable, and maybe bring in some bring out some of the sweet notes that are kind of underlying in that cheese. So no, that uh, that Cabrales is incredible. That was, that yeah. was I was really really happy to. Have. I liked all of them, but that one was really, really tasty. Well, hopefully you guys tried something new today. and uh, Never had all three yeah. of them were new for me. Now you all have to come down to say cheese and we'll we'll give you some more cheese and beer pairings and, uh, you know, give you some additional stuff to try. Well, um, you, you can count on it for sure. I mean, um, I was telling Chris before we got here that my uh, my wife's uh, Oscar dinner, which usually is this uh, four-course meal that she makes, this year we decided to just go simple and we went down to uh, say cheese and we got a bunch of... Uh, Meats and cheeses, and you guys have some amazing uh, meats as well. We do. We have a, a pretty great selection of cured meats. We've got... You barely uh, know the man, and you're impressed by his meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, no, we've got, uh, we've got some great meats, cheeses, uh, beer, wine, pretty much everything you could want under one roof on both sides of the house. 
And uh, when you're done eating dinner, you, you walk over to craft, and then you get your beer to go, and you, you take your party home with you at night. So It sounds like you guys um, have a, a, a large variety that come through, too. I follow you on um, beer menus, and uh, the amount of um, tur- turnover you get is, is amazing. So if you're there one week, you go back the next week, you're definitely going to have some new choices on the taps. Yeah, that's one thing that we definitely wanted to do also, was make sure that we didn't just have the same thing. We want Every time you walk in there, we want to make sure that you have something new. So... While there are a few staples that we try and bring in, at least in bottle and can, for the most part, we're rotating uh, the 12 draft lines back in craft, um, you know, as, as quickly as we can turn them over. So I know you guys had uh, had some grim stuff um, yeah. on tap too, which is not a, uh, a common occurrence. So that uh, when, you, when I see that, I want to want to go try all of them. Yeah, we are lucky enough to uh, be one of the few accounts that gets grim pretty consistently. Uh, so we lucked out on that. Grim is brewing some fantastic beer as well. Uh, you want to talk about great sours? They are brewing some of my favorite sours that I've ever had. So yeah, the color field is pretty pretty fantastic. That one is awesome. We uh, uh, we had the Apricot Rebus about I don't know maybe about six to eight weeks ago, and that was really amazing too. So hopefully they'll come out with that again soon. Well, um, we kind of we we were in a rush to get to the, the delicious part, but. Um, before you mentioned that you divide up the shop by different flavor profiles, sure. And uh, you mentioned one like clean and crisp or something real yep. quick. What are some of the other ones that you use to divide up? Because that's a really intriguing uh, category system to me. So we've got it sorted by um, crisp and bright. Okay. We do no sour, tart, and funky. Okay. So that's going to really contain a lot of our. We'll do ciders in there. We do um, usually anything made with bread. We'll do sours in that section. We obviously have our hoppy section. Right. Uh, we do dark and roasted. Okay. Uh, we also have a local section that we really just dedicate to to everything local. So that was another thing that Joe and I both wanted to uh, to have a strong emphasis on was supporting the local the local brewers too. So we dedicate a section just for them. Well, you're preaching to the choir to us on uh, how good the local stuff can be. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that's uh, one thing that I've noticed is that um, people aren't appreciating enough how great the beer is here. And I think Long Island and Brooklyn and Queens are really just taking a, a huge step when it comes to brewing some of the best beer in the in the country, if not the world right now. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're really excited. We've worked our way through, almost all the way through Nassau and Suffolk counties now. So we're at the point where we're starting to go back for some new uh, new seasonal stuff, but also... We're starting to get ready to head into uh, Queens and Brooklyn and start um, getting more into some of the creative stuff that they have there. Um, you know, I think we need to hit them with our six-pack of questions. Whether um, you know, some of them are geared towards brewers, but I think we can, uh, you know, get with you as a, on All those right. as well. Just are you ready? Nervous, this, no, 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 no. This no, is no. The, this is the um, the lightning round, if you will. It's okay. just quick questions, and we just want you to give the first one that pops into your head. We really don't want you to go too deep into it. All right. So, Mark, hit us off. So, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but what is your favorite beer or the old standby that you always have in the fridge? So, old standby, I'm going to have to say anything from Sand City. Anything I can get in a can right now from Sand City. I mentioned I'm an IPA guy. I think right now I've got an even mofo sitting in my fridge. So, I am happy with any Sand City can uh, that I can get my hands on. So I have a can of Oops, I have my pants if you want to. I may steal it on the way out, just so you know. That's fine. That's why I brought it up. I think that's a fair trade. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so then the next question is, what's your favorite brewery? Is that going to be Sand City? Uh, It's it's probably going to be Sand City. I do have a great relationship with Port Jeff Brewery, too. They are uh, just fantastic over there. So I'm going to say Port Jeff Brewery or also Sand City. (laughs) Covering the bases. (laughs) 
So, uh, what, what's your favorite brewing ingredient? Hops. Yeah. If I had, I'd say citra or mosaic, but hops in general. Gotcha. Go with mosaic. I'll, I'll favor. I really don't like citra, it, but I'll favor mosaic <laughs> a little bit more over the citra. Fair enough. As long as you didn't say Simcoe. Exactly. Yeah, if you said Simcoe. Nobody likes Simcoe. Nobody does. <laughs> so, what's your least favorite style of beer? Um, the non craft kind. Can I can I say that? That's fine. You can. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take that as a good answer. Yeah. And where would you like to go on beercation? California. Ah, I, good I, choice. I, I was lucky enough to go out there. Uh, I've been to Russian River Brewery uh, once. Okay. My wife was lucky enough to, or I was lucky enough to have my wife let me go there. Uh, <laughs> there. Uh, on our honeymoon, we had a layover in SFO. We quickly drove out to Russian River and uh, had a chance to go there for a few hours, but I missed a lot of world-class awesome breweries out there. So definitely California would be my, my first brewery beer vacation. I don't think you can go wrong with that, especially yeah. being you, with your love of IPAs. I mean, that's yeah, pretty yeah. much West the Coast makes place. a lot of sense. Yep. And, um, and the last one? Lastly is, uh, you know, you seem very well-versed in craft beer. What is the favorite name of beer that you've seen? Ooh, putting me on the spot here. What is my favorite beer name? Oops, I hopped my pants is a good one. That is uh, that is a good one for me. Um, oh man, can I uh, can I come back to this one? Is there a uh, come back on the <laughs> I, think, I think that's the final. The uh, that's the last question. All right, so we'll, we'll go with the, we'll go with oops, I hopped my pants for now. Right. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple great ones, but it is definitely one of the probably the hardest question, honestly, yeah, yeah. because there are some really great. Great ones out. On top of that, you see more than most of the people that we ask. A lot of the times with the, with the brewer, I mean, they're definitely familiar with other beers, but they're very into their own beers. Yeah. You're, you have shelves and shelves and shelves of beers, so like you're going, you're going through a bunch of them. I think I think I have about five thousand beer names floating through my head right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do, we deal with a lot of distributors and a lot of different variations and names and styles. So uh, I apologize to all those great beer names out there, but uh, that was the first one that popped in my head, probably only because you said that about. You know, yeah. two minutes ago, but uh, it was a good name, so I'll take yes. that for now. All right. Uh, you guys have any other questions for Chris? No, I, I would just want to give Chris the opportunity to, you know, uh, plug anything you want, say anything that you, uh, you know, if you want to get any other information out there about the shop. And, sure. um, and if not, just thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us tonight. Uh, I, the thing I would just say is uh, if anyone hasn't come down to – Poor Jeff recently, definitely stop in to say cheese and uh, come into craft in the back. Uh, we are always looking for anyone that's well-versed in craft beer or anybody that has never had a craft beer before. Come on in. Uh, we'll, we'll be happy to show you the ropes and hopefully introduce some new people to a really great and expanding beer world. So, so in relationship to the ferry, where is it? Right there. So we're about 100 feet down the road. Uh, right in the middle of town, at least Say Cheese's. Craft okay. is adjacent. You can access Craft through the back of Say Cheese uh, or through one of the back parking lots as well. we got a rear entrance back there. so Okay. Sounds good. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Craft Jeff. So, shameless yeah, we'll, plug. We'll have all the uh, appropriate links in the show notes as well as pictures of the beautiful cheese and uh, maybe if Chris uh, will allow us a picture of Chris himself. <laughs> so you can go in and uh, bother Chris and ask him a bunch of craft beer questions like what's his favorite uh, beer name <laughs> yeah put me on the spot and uh, come in anytime and thank you guys uh, I really appreciate you having me tonight thanks for coming thanks, thanks for cheers. coming cheers. cheers cheers if you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review and rate us the guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com 
on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Voyage, and Twitter and Instagram at BeerTasticShow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at BeerTasticVoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers. <laughs>